the government and Hollywood have a long history of interacting with one another. Governments lets Hollywood use some of the military toys that we own, but so long as they like the message of the film, sometimes that turns out to be patriotic messages and often that's helpful. And But in the last 40 or 50 years, of course, well, it's hard to get films made like that. Top Gun Maverick being one example of the opposite, though they did have to edit out some things from China, didn't they? Things that offended the Chinese Communist Party. So when I was watching a TV show, and I'm old, so I say TV, and it's okay to be old. My wife had recommended we watch The Terminal List uh, with Chris Pratt in the starring role and the executive producer. Good for him. It's a difficult movie to watch. It involves a uh, Navy SEAL who has been utterly betrayed by his country in the worst imaginable way. And he decides to use his skills to set things right as he sees it. I would describe the movie as Lone Survivor meets Jason Bourne. But there is a scene. It's not even with the main actors. It's not a very long scene. But it sure drew my attention. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Appreciate my friends at Bonefrog Coffee, bonefrog.us. Please make sure you use the .us. Every blend, every roast, available at a 5% discount on a a subscription plan, bonefrog.us. Yes, they do have K-Cups. A lot of people love the K-Cups. So my wife and I were watching um, a television show and I get to say TV. I'm going to continue to say TV. I refuse to stop saying TV. Watching an Amazon Prime show. And I deleted my Amazon accounts when they destroyed Parler. So we only have one account. So my wife kind of controls things. Not really. She lets me use her account. And in, um, in watching this show the terminal list number one i I thought it was really enjoyable adventure tv though super difficult to watch because it involves an absolute betrayal of our navy seals and i i perceive chris pratt in this role and, and i'm not good at what he's been in before i know he's done a lot of acting and he's been in some things i really liked but he, uh, he approaches this, I feel, with a great deal of love for the Navy SEAL community. And the, the, the transition of the, his character and what his character is driven to do as he discovers the depths of the depraved and corrupt government he had served uh, it's very hard to watch. And I think Chris Pratt does a very good job of, of keeping us on the side of the, do we call him the hero of the story? Um, 
James Reese, Commander Reese is who he plays. As Reese goes about and in his mind sets things right. And I think there's an argument to be made that he does set things right. Now, it's not a godly argument. And God is sadly absent from this show. Really sadly absent. In particular, one scene hit me as so incredibly sad. As the Pratt character uh, explained to his little girl what would happen if he was killed in combat. I, I found that so horribly empty. And well-intended. Father, well-intended speaking to his little girl, but so terribly empty without the Lord and the promise of the Lord. But it was one scene in particular that really drew my attention. And I know that there are uh, a lot of beliefs, and I, I don't necessarily disagree anymore that Hollywood, um, in conjunction with government, helps prep the environment for things. I, I think there's a good reason to believe this is the case. Remember all the movies where vaccines were the hero? Like, like World War Z. I like that movie. I happen to like Brad Pitt films. I think he picks interesting roles for the large part. And I thought World War Z in terms of a zombie movie and an adventure movie, I thought it was interesting in how they won and how they figured out how to beat the zombie disease. And it was global and... You know, it's spy movie, conspiratorial, a lot of things. Interesting film. Then there was The Girl with All the Gifts. And how many other movies absolutely glorified vaccines? By the way, The Girl with All the Gifts is a phenomenal movie, I think. And I do think there's an, a, a reason to believe that Hollywood preps the environment. They, they prep the environment for racism and white hatred, hatred of white people. Uh, so they certainly prep the environment for sexualizing children. Without a doubt, they're involved in that. Obviously, uh, pushing trans propaganda and the lie of transgenderism, that's been, that's, Hollywood's been all over that. And they align so well with the party and what the party seeks. And that's why I thought, wow, this, this made it on Amazon Prime. Now, this is based on a series of books, which I've not read. So I don't know if this is a, a major part of the book or a minor part of the book. But you learn very quickly in this uh, movie that the Navy SEALs had been injected with something uh, against their will. Well, not against their will. I mean, they were told they're taking these injections, but they weren't informed in what, what, what they were getting. In other words, they weren't given informed consent. Then there's a scene between the FBI field officer who is classic good cop and Patriot and his team are classic good cops, Patriots. His partner is a former army and he notices the suits, the DC suits rolling into his office and he realizes he's about to yeah, lose the case. They're about to steal the case from him. He is charged with bringing Chris Pratt's character in. And he's having no luck because Pratt is, is like I say, part, uh, part lone survivor, part Marcus Luttrell and, and part Jason Bourne. 
And he heads into the office. He's called in by the chief there, the DC field chief or the FBI field chief. And they have this conversation with a guy who comes in from DC, who's a lawyer with the Department of Defense. Who are you and how exactly are you fucking me? Bijan is a DCIS. Give us a second. <clears throat> You're getting put on ice. Excuse me? Your team will be assigned back to their respective departments. The FBI investigates malfeasance at the Pentagon, not the other way around. That's correct. And frankly, Agent Leone, I have no personal interest pulling you off this case. From what I hear, you run a good shop. You overstepped. Overstepped? This admiral ran illegal experiments on his own men. Wasn't illegal, not technically. You're talking about this. Pillar had an emergency use authorization approving the experiment. The experiment wasn't a crime but we believe there was a cover-up. I'll give you two the office. <clears throat> we have lived through the biggest medical experiments in history. Those of us who lived through it, which is, thank the Lord, the majority of us, those of us who didn't get injected have a better shot of living through it than those people who did get injected by a long shot now. And the cover-up continues. There is not a, a, a day that goes by where I don't start gathering show prep stuff and I don't get more news about the injections. Um, how about this? A, a study, a peer-reviewed study on 1,250 publications and case reports showing adverse effects and harms and deaths after the injection of the Moderna and Pfizer poisons. These medically useless, harmful, deadly uh, gene sequencing devices. This is 1,250 plus COVID vaccine publications. And, and this, this is now, we're now entering into peer reviewed territory with this on the harms of these injections. And don't count on American doctors to stop pushing this garbage because, well, they're afraid. And don't count on the Mockingbird media. Don't count on conservative media. It's so frustrating to watch conservative media, you know, get clicks and, and shares because they're willing to go after the Fouch, which has taken a long time for them to be willing to go after the Fouch, by the way. But they refuse to go after Pharma by name. They refuse to go after the, the deaths and they're happening. For instance, as I was watching the terminal list and, and that scene came up, um, I said to my wife, wow. And, and well, just because I'm telling the full story, I mean, she was kind of falling asleep at that point. Just loved it, loved the show. But I woke up and said, no, 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 honey, you got to see this. They're talking about emergency youth uh, use authorizations. And we were both like, wow, that, that made it into an Amazon show. Well, this compares to a time where on our program, 
We've played the analysis of the military data showing this massive increase in deaths in, in military people from heart attacks and pericarditis and these bizarre cases of young service members in their early 30s or late 20s dying in their car, waiting for, pulling up at the airport and dying of a heart attack and it just disappears. Then we had the case of the military coming up saying, oh yeah, that database that showed this massive increase in deaths and cancers and, and all these harms and heart attacks. Oh, oh, that was, a, that was a data encoding error. Oh, our bad, that was a data encoding error. Right, but only for last year. Everything else, all your data before that was pristine just last year and then it went away. They hid that data. We've been talking ad nauseum on this program about ethical skeptic who's, who's been completely proven right in, in, in another way about the virus, that the virus has been in circulation. It was in circulation for at least a year prior to them announcing it, prior to them using it. They used the existence of this virus to shut down this country, to destroy small businesses, all aimed at Trump. And they began injecting people with this garbage. The CDC is hiding death records. They're commingling injected and non-injected. They called people who had been injected. They called them uninjected, unvaccinated during the period of time where these injections kill most people. So that they didn't get Usable data to show how deadly these injections are. I know of two cases of special operators who died during PT. I know of another special operator, and this comes exactly secondhand, friend of friend. And this is not a person who lies. No reason for this person to lie to me. Friend who's a, they have a friend who's a special operator in his prime of life. He's never failed PT. He is a athletic phenom who chooses to use that particular gift given to him by God to defend us. He now nearly collapses getting up from the couch to walk to the kitchen. His heart rate redlines because of the injections he was forced to take. Now, in the movie, Chris Pratt's character decides to use his special skills to go out and make things right. And those skills are the swift, smart, brilliant, well-planned, tactically executed to the perfect percentile violence. And the violence increases in I would say, severity. Now, God forbid that happened here. But I've been talking for a long time about what's being done to our military and our cops and what's been stolen from our service members. Then there's this. The long-term disability claims in pilots in the United States are soaring. The pilots union, um, and Alex Berenson had this story, 
A U.S. airline internally reports a 300% rise in long-term disability claims this year amongst its members, almost all of whom have been injected with this trash. We have the six deaths of doctors in one city, Toronto, Canada, that five out of six of them were below the age of 50. They were all in physical, in, in physically great shape, three of them were fanatical exercisers. They all died of diseases that are commonly linked back to, I should say they're really diseases, derangements, physical derangements linked back to these injections in one city, in one city in a couple of weeks. And that doesn't crack through the mainstream media, the, the mockingbird media, because they are pledged to cover this up. And in the long-term disability with pilots, we're, we're going to see the same thing in doctors and nurses and these other highly injected populations. And so to see this in the plot of a film specifically orientated towards elite military members, well, it got me worrying. And I've, I've said this time and again. At some point, people have had enough. At some point, you get a January 6th. In, in which case, 99.7% of the people who were there simply went to watch the president speak. There were agitators in the crowd, many of them FBI agents, without a doubt. You have some people who went armed. One guy at least had a gun and zip ties and intended to kidnap members of Congress. And he's getting deserved jail time. 15 years, deserved prison time. But of course, we're not going to talk about the identity of the FBI agitators. Ray Epps is very clearly part of this. There's many other people there who are very clearly agitators. They're somehow not getting arrested. They're not even being sought. You'll get more of this, but what happens when it comes from an elite military team? What, what happens when they say, okay, so you've taken away our pensions. Well, let's start it with this way. You've taken away what, what gave us honor. You've taken away our capacity to serve, to use the skills that God has given us to steward. You've taken away our pensions. You've injected us with garbage that's caused us health problems. You've killed some of our brothers and sisters with these injections. You've taken away their health. You're taking our military and you're turning it into a critical race theory play toy. As China is expanding territory, you're, you're spending time forcing our troops to pretend men are women and women are men. And, and, and is it implausible? That some elite military people say, you know what? Why don't we just go end some of this? Now, I've asked, I've asked time and again, people who are retired from elite military branches. And to a person, they've all said, Todd, that is not going to happen. And that, that causes me to feel a lot better. I would think that at least one of them would say, yeah, that's, that could happen. But I do know of elite military members retired 
who were very, very close to ending Antifa in Portland. Very close. And they, they thought deeply about it and they prayed about it and they came back and said, we, we can't. But they were very close. And ultimately they said, hey, you know what? We're, we're not going to break the law for, this, for this, these terrorists. We're not going to give the terrorists what they want. And so of their own volition, they backed out of that, but not, not before they went to Portland. Not before they went down and, you know, looked around and analyzed Antifa and gathered intel. And they came back and determined, yeah, we could end this. <laughs> you think? You think some of the most well-trained warriors in, in America, you think they could go down and sweep the floor with those people? Of course they could. And get out? Well, that was the question. Get out. Because they would never harm cops. So this show has made an impact on me. And it's made me ever more determined to expose the absolutely clear, 100% inarguable conspiracy that exists to hide the injection harms and to get more people injected with this, up to and including in Canada, they are in fact going to enforce the traveling papers. Even now that we understand everything we understand. This be a good time. I think this would be a good time uh, to talk about Bonefrog Coffee at bonefrog.us. You speak of, you know, elite warriors. Tim Cruikshank, the founder of, of founder and CEO of Bonefrog Coffee, is a 25-year Navy veteran and Navy SEAL. And he founded the company, and let's be, let's be clear, to make money and to feed his family, no doubt. Tim's a pretty amazing guy, by the way. He's also a physician's assistant um, and a really good one. And so he works these dual duties, uh, but he's also as a Navy SEAL, he is so committed to doing things the right way and finding the right team. You'll see on the bag, every bag of coffee says God country team. Part of his team uh, is a guy named Dave Stewart. It was an absolute legend in coffee. He started this about 50 years ago. He's developed signature styles that, that define coffee. Dave and his brothers were co-founders of Seattle's Best Coffee that was acquired by Starbucks in 2003. And they acquired the customer base, but they also acquired the roasts. And then somehow Starbucks decided to make the roast bad as opposed to great. And Dave has been a great friend and a mentor to the operations at Bonefrog. In fact, he's, he's personally created some of these roasts. There's bone frog roast. That's my favorite. It's a medium roast. I didn't think I'd like medium. I, in fact, I like their light roast. I never thought that'd be the case. I hate light coffee except for Zen frog. Sons of Valor is a medium dark. Frogman is a dark roast. It comes in all, all sorts of blends. I should say roasts. And yeah, there's a K-cup available. Here's the special thing that we've done with Bonefrog. It's a website that we co-produce. It's called bonefrog.us. There you can see an interview between myself and Tim Cruikshank, the founder and CEO. There you can also buy the coffee at a 5% discount on, on subscription plans. 
So make sure you go to bonefrog.us. That's bonefrog.us. So I'm ever more committed to exposing um, the clear, unambiguous cover-up of what's going on. And and there are people who are helping. It's my great pleasure to see Dr. Drew is helping with this. Back in the days when Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew did a uh, television and radio show together, we ran that show on our station in Salt Lake City. And I thought Dr. Drew was just as funny as Adam Carolla in a way. It's just that he was playing straight man uh, to Carolla. And Dr. Drew is, man, he's good at what he does. I don't know if he still practices, but maybe he doesn't need to, given the podcasting success. He had Dr. Kelly Victory on the program, you'll hear from her because she has a view about what doctors know. And they had a conversation about ER docs and and people arriving into the ER and people know it's injection stuff. They know it's injection injury, but they are absolutely terrified to say so. And one thing that kind of disappointed me about Dr. Drew is, is he doesn't understand uh, about what people are scared. But then I think the other day of our conversation with uh, Professor Jacobson from Legal Insurrection, and I, I'd said people need to speak up in these trainings and say, hey, if we're talking about white privilege, when do we talk about black privilege? If we're talking about bl- uh, whiteness, when do we talk about blackness? And the professor reminded me, hey, Todd, a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck. They can't do that. But let's start with a warning you've heard before in this program. And I only play this again to let it be known that no one has a right in, in, in medicine to say, I, I couldn't have known. You can't say that. If you work as a doctor or a nurse, you work in healthcare in any capacity, you do not have the right to say, I couldn't have known what they were doing. Like the people in Germany said, oh, I didn't know what the train cars were for. Yeah, no, you did. You could have found out, did the trains ever come back? Did the Jewish people ever return? Why do the trains always return empty? Why do we never see them going back full? Why do we see the Jewish businesses close and never come back? Why are our Jewish neighbors disappearing? Why is it that there are now ghettos where people who had their own homes are now forced to live? You didn't have a right to say you didn't know. You could say, I chose to close my eyes. But the data on what these injections are doing to people, have been doing, have been available for a couple of years. You don't need to do anything more than simply go back through the archive of this podcast or more exactly go back through the radio show archives. If a rodeo clown hill hippie in the high mountains of free America knows about this stuff. How is it that doctors don't when there are people like this doctor, Dr. Robert Malone? It's not adequate to only consider the short-term adverse events as related to the vaccine. We must acknowledge that the genetic COVID-19 genetic injections cause far more harm than good and provide zero benefit relative to risk for the young and healthy. They do not reduce COVID-19 infection, which is treatable and not terminal. Furthermore, the most recent data demonstrates that you are more likely to become infected or have disease or even death if you've been vaccinated compared to the unvaccinated people. This is shocking to hear, but it is what the data are showing us. The data now show 
that these experimental gene therapy treatments can damage your children as well as yourself. They can damage your heart, your brain, your reproductive tissue, and your lungs. This can include permanent damage and disablement of your immune system. The data from Australia. And why Australia? Because our CDC is hiding this data. Our CDC is disappearing data. Because they do not want the cover-up to blow away. You are 37 times more likely to be hospitalized if you've been injected with the mRNA. So let's adjust for some things. Let's adjust for obesity. People who are obese may have been more likely to get injected. Older people may may be more likely to get injected. Well, except in Australia, you didn't leave your house unless you were injected. So we can adjust all we want in a population where there is choice. And keep in mind, it's only 20% of Americans who refuse to get injected, although in terms of their kids, only about one out of 20 parents are getting their kids injected with this stuff. But you're 37 more t- 37 times more likely to go get injected. Or pardon me, 37 times more likely to be hospitalized if you have been injected. How is this not a headline? It's not a headline because the Mockingbird media is pledged to hide this. In the show, The Terminalist, there's a series of payoffs. Now, it's a good thing that we don't have a corrupt political system where there could be payoffs. You know, like Nancy Pelosi's husband buying stock in Pfizer and Moderna, knowing that they're going to give them a fraudulent emergency youth authorization. You know, members of Congress making those those purchases, knowing that Americans are going to be conned and blackmailed and threatened into getting injected. It's just this week as we're watching Nancy Pelosi make a show of going to Taiwan, that are we supposed to ignore the fact that this is the same week where we could be reporting on the fact that her husband engaged in obvious and clear insider trading, going out and buying chip companies, knowing that companies like Intel, who've got $76 billion in cash sitting around, all of a sudden need taxpayer monies to produce their chips. All of a sudden, they're poor brokers. They're, 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 they're begging on the street corner for you and I, who've watched our 40% of small businesses destroyed, they're begging to have our money handed to them because they got to be going to look and say, hey, you did it for Pfizer. And Paul Pelosi goes out and, hey, within within minutes of, of this legislation, he's out purchasing the stock before anyone else knew. And in the movie, The Terminalist, or it's not a movie, but this this series, The Terminalist, there's a whole series of payoffs through offshore companies and, and blind LLCs. And you think, think those things are hard to set up? You think that money's difficult to launder? I, 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 I have friends, they don't launder money, they do it legally, but it's impossible to go figure out who owns, that, owns anything, owns their assets. It's impossible. They have LLCs behind trusts and trusts behind LLCs, and they've figured out ways that their profits flow through Sweden or Switzerland. And it's all very legal. They pay the best attorneys in the world to do it. 
And there's reasons that they want this done because of the business that they're in. It's not an illegal business. It's not even an immoral business. It's, it's patent trolling. That's what it is. I don't, I don't consider that immoral. So you think these guys can't do that? Hollywood often gives us a heads up. But, but how did this slip through? Because this is the ultimate heads up. Now, there's details in, the, in, in this series that I'm not contending are going on here. The core detail of what they did to the Navy SEALs, I'm not going to disclose because you should watch the show. Dr. Kelly Victory was on with Dr. Drew. And Dr. Drew here is going to say something that, that I find deeply, deeply disconcerting is he doesn't understand about what people are afraid or why, why doctors won't speak out. That's weird that Dr. Drew has that inability to see this, that doctors are, you know, to know what doctors are afraid of. Sometimes it's easy when you've been blessed with a bunch of money through work and intelligence and because God decided you get to have it, that you can't see other people who don't have those things. At least not in that degree. You know, as the world becomes something that's harder and harder and harder uh, to find trust in, it's important that we think about why we trust who we trust. So, you know, I have Zach Abraham on this program every Friday. He's the chief investment officer of Bulwark Capital Management. So how did I gain trust in Zach as a person? Well, um, number one, I learned about him through my friend, Dory Monson, who is, oh my goodness, is his radio show soaring top of the market in Seattle in share and rank. Congratulations, Dory. So Dory introduced me to Zach. And I learned about Zach through Dory also endorsing Bulwark Capital Management. And then I met Zach in person and he was very humble. Uh, he, he came to me and said, if you ever have anything I can do better in radio, please let me know. Please, if you ever listen to my show, I, I would love the feedback. Very, very humble. So, because a lot of people that have success in one area and all of a sudden they're super experts in everything. Then I got to know he and his wife and went to a charitable event with them and, and heard their hearts and saw where they're placing their monies and that they recognized that they steward monies. And that big one for me was going to have a workout with Zach. And we were out for two or three hours in the hot sun, out at a running track and lifting weights and running. And at some point, Zach said, no, nah, I'm not ready for that, Todd. I'm still getting back into training. I don't want a piece of that. That's a hard thing for one man to say to another of, no, I'm not ready to do that particular thing with you yet. That meant a lot to me. Then it's the decades. It's not a decade, but decade of Zach being super, super consistent. He does not blow in the wind because Bohr Capital Management has placed um, themselves on a very firm foundation, A, of stewardship, B, of focusing on risk management, and in working with people who are 10, five to 10 years out from retirement is the sweet spot. There's a lot of young people who've invested now with more capital management to help them build wealth through time. But that focus on risk management means this. Yes, they want to add to your portfolio. Yes, they want to add wealth. Yes, they want you to retire securely. And the way to make sure that doesn't happen is to focus solely on profits. They don't, they focus on risk management. So I advise you to give them a call, a company that stands on principle 
And it's been consistent about the 0% interest rates and the mobbed up nature of the financial world right now and knowing how to work within it. Or Capital Management, 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bower Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. This is Dr. Kelly Victory talking with Dr. Drew. Yeah, I, I, that's right. Exactly. Like, like, let's figure this out. But I don't understand why it's not being dealt with with sense of urgency. Right. I, it, to me, it's like I, that you, what they're saying is, oh, this really it. isn't real. It's like I, I maybe we are overreporting it, but then publish something that tells me that that's the case. And I and I don't think that's what they're finding. I think it is. A, well, because they're afraid of getting shut down by something. I, I don't know what they're afraid. They, they seem to be afraid of the truth always. I mean, well, obviously health is well, not a one size fits all. So what? Here, what here's think? what I think. I think the reality is this. They know darn well, it's the vaccines mm. and their mm. ramifications, the repercussions of that are so profound to come out and say now, whoops, after people have lost their jobs, lost their livelihoods, got kicked out of the military, uh, weren't able to finish their educations, you know, had, were forced, mandated in many cases to get these injections, to come back now and say, yeah. turns out, we actually hadn't tested them. We never tested them on pregnant women or women of childbearing age. We never tested them on people with autoimmune diseases. We never tested them on people who are on X, Y, and Z class of drugs. We just gave them, a, again, broad brush, told everybody to get one, not only get one, get two, get three, whatever it is. I think the, the fallout, Drew, would be so profound um, that I'm just not yeah. sure they can get their arms around it. Well, yeah, because it, you start coming out and admitting that we lied on the broadest possible scale about things that have murdered people. Yeah, that's a pretty big whoops. You admit that you fired people because you were afraid to stand up and you took their, as she says, their livelihoods and their retirements. Yeah, that's a huge whoops. And then there's the little things like we've been talking about Dr. Mary Bowden. <laughs> Twitter suspended her account because she was sharing misinformation. Do you want to know what the misinformation was? It was an actual screenshot of government data. That's what it was. It, it was a screenshot showing children who um, in the VARS database had been reported to have died from these injections. Kelly wrote, or pardon me, Mary wrote, Dr. Dr. Bowden wrote, 127 deaths reported to VARS in children six months to 17 years. Pulled them off the market and she put hashtag stop the shots. Twitter wrote to her, hello, Mary Taylor Bowden, MD. Your account has been suspended for violating Twitter rules, specifically for violating our policy on spreading misleading and potentially harmful information related to COVID-19. You may not use Twitter services to share false or misleading information about COVID-19, which may lead to harm. She shared a government, she shared reports in a government database. 
she linked to the government database. What, what, what are doctors afraid of, Drew? Dr. Drew? They're afraid of that. They're afraid of being reported to be dangerous. She is now said to be a dangerous doctor. She was fired because she was dangerous for curing 4,000 people and not losing a single patient. That's dangerous. Twitter is a pharmaceutical company. Google is a pharmaceutical company. And if nine out of the top 10 spenders in your company, let's, let's say it this way. If you produce, let's say, concrete, and let's say that nine out of 10 of your contracts are with the government, and it is 90% of your revenues, what, what, what business are you in? You're in the business of providing concrete to government. That's your business. You could diversify, and you should, and get other revenue sources in case the government decides they're not going to buy more concrete from you. What business is the Mockingbird Media in? They're in the pharmaceutical business. In news, eight to nine of the top 10 slots in spending go to pharma. Twitter, what, what business is Twitter really in? It's not advertising, it's data. About what? About you. Who's the top buyer of data about people? Pharma. Because they want to be able to inject you with things. So they're afraid of that. They're afraid of that power. They understand how powerful these companies are. And once again, back to the terminal list. They didn't test. They pretended to have tested the injections that they gave the SEALs. And in that case, it was only 14 people, quote, only 14 people that were injected. We're talking about how many billions of people this garbage has been tested on. See, if we cannot get our heads around this, we will not ever be able to get our heads around what's coming. You've seen the Dutch farmer protests? No, you haven't if you watch the Mockingbird media. They're still protesting. And in fact, their protests have ramped up. You know what they're doing now? The Dutch farmers are taking massive, massive piles of hay and lighting them ablaze on freeways. They're taking tires, old, huge tractor tires, and burning them. And they are not stopping. Because they've been told you are going to have to eliminate your livestock. You're going to have to eliminate 90% of your livestock, which means your farming career is over, which means that farm you've run as a family legacy for four generations, five generations is over. We're taking it away from you because we intend for this stuff to be done in factories run by Bill Gates and members of the World Economic Forum. We no longer want food grown on land. We no longer want God's bounty. We no longer want the manna. We no longer want the plenty that God has provided. We intend to control the food sourcing. So that's, that's the Dutch, right? The same, same Limits on food production that has driven those farmers to that position are in the global warming 
legislation that the people who run Joe Biden are very near to completing. This will happen to American farmers. Same swindle. Same players. Oh, it's not pharma. It's not? (laughs) It's absolutely the same players. It's technology as, quote, food. Technology as, quote, medicine. The same board members. The same investors. The same swindle. And there are people standing up. The song by this band, Five Times August, <laughs> the, the first one, the, the, the song about the Fouch. If you haven't watched this in a little while, I encourage you to go watch the video again of this. And it's linked in the show notes. Sad little man sitting deep in a lie. He's dead in a soul, but he'll keep you alive. Do what he says, not what he do. Cause the truth is for him and the lie is for you. Sad little man, but he's treated like a god. As the faithless prey to a fake and a fraud. Worship the man, pledge to his word. One shot, two shot, now you get a third. Sad little man, sad little man, you better. The video is so good. The way they uh, characterize Fouch, so spot on. I will speak to you um, through a personal note. Yeah, I miss the Bob Seger music too. If you're an old time fan of the radio show, I miss that. And maybe one day ASCAP will let me play it. I know the results of not trusting your gut. And I want to talk to people in medicine and healthcare, people who have loved ones in medicine and healthcare. I have the personal regret of not on this, just just one time, not protecting my daughter and not listening to my gut. I gave in to Big Pharma when I was deeply, deeply unhealthy. I weighed 150 pounds too much. Um, I'm not telling you, I'm not joking when I tell you that my my breakfasts were often um, two bar none chocolate bars, which let's not, let's not lie to each other. They were the greatest chocolate bars ever invented. I can't believe they've been discontinued now for a decade or 15 years. Two of those and then several pots of coffee and chips I was so deeply unhealthy and I became super depressed. And I, at one point decided, Hey, you know what I'll do? I'll go see a psychiatrist. That's, that's what I'll do. Now I actually do go to therapy, but I go to a therapist, not a psychiatrist. And cause the psychiatrist's job I found out is, Hey, let's, let's give you some pills. And this guy was, I think, wildly unethical. And he met with me twice and then determined that I needed Prozac. And like a dummy, I said, yeah, let me snack on some of those. So he gave me Prozac 
And within a week, I was suicidal. I made the, I made the decision to kill myself. And I had so decided this, it made so much sense to me that I actually called my mom and I called her up and said, Hey mom, um, I, things are not going to get better. And I have decided to kill myself. And I wanted you to know, cause I love you. And I was so bent at that point, so malformed that I, I expected my mom to go, well, you know, honey, I'd like to argue with you, but yeah, you're right. You should do this. And weirdly, my mom said, do you have to make this decision right now? Great response. This is something you have to do today. Or could you wait two days? Because you can always do this. And so I agreed I would wait two days. And she said, you might give some thought to coming off those pills. I thought about the pills and thought, yeah, you know what? They have changed things with me. Some physical things that they changed and deadened sensations. And then my mom did the smartest thing. She told my mom, my dad and my sister, my dad hated airplanes, hated them, but he flew in one to come get his little boy in my mid twenties. My sister came. Neither of them told me. I simply got off the air one day and Kay, who, you know, used to say receptionist, Kay called me and said, your family's here. My what? Your dad and your sister are here. And they'd flown down. And they stood there in the lobby. We went out and talked. And they, both of them said, we will not leave until you are no longer going to do this. And if we leave, you have to promise us that you will not do this. And then I went cold turkey in the pills, which you can't do anymore. Big Pharma has decided to make their pills, their antidepressants, unbelievably addictive, worse than fentanyl in some cases. So I went off the pills. I no longer wanted to kill myself. I made a decision at that point, I would never again take a mind altering substance other than bone frog coffee, which I take in great amounts. And my family went home. Fast forward from that, some almost 20 years later, I fell for it again. First time a doctor wanted to put my daughter on Prozac, I said, no, absolutely not. Stuff was poison for me. I have deep distrust of this stuff. And then, as I've shared in the program, looking at bankrupting ourselves, spending money for a care center. We were very fortunate that God gave us those resources. I still contend that. I still contend that the people there love children, deeply love children, and deeply want to help. And I still contend that they do a fine job at it. It's my contention, my belief, my observation. And they're part of a system. I remember a psychiatrist down there saying, none of you girls should ever be on these pills for the rest of your life. All of this should be temporary. None of you should ever, 
ever stand these medications very long. He was a dear, in my judgment, honest man who had absolutely no idea how far down the river pharma had sold his profession. Or now that we know the lies of serotonin imbalance doesn't exist, according to this paper, peer-reviewed paper. On that one time, I folded out of what? Out of what? Fear. I was afraid of being bankrupt, of my daughter not getting better. And so now she's addicted to these drugs. And my wife does yeoman's duty in helping her wind off of them. So when I heard the song, the new one from five times August, and I saw the gentleman who is the songwriter and the singer and perhaps the whole band, I saw him perform an acoustic show in front of a great big, huge crowd at the Defeat the Mandates event. And he was on stage with people who've been injured by the injections and they have signs that say, do you see me? There's people in wheelchairs, newly in wheelchairs, people still on, on um, breathing assistance, newly on breathing assistance. Young people who can't walk anymore, largely because of these injections. They're all on stage. All these people, the media say, do not exist. And so the, the failure, the pain that I carry around pharma and the con and falling for the con, I want you to know that parents carry on the injections and other people carrying the injections. And if you're in medical, the medical world or healthcare, and you are still pretending you're not protecting. And the song is about protecting. In the darkness of the times, there's a light that shines the proof. It'll soon reveal the crime, so I won't stop the fight for you. Yes, I will always fight for you. I will breathe every attack. It's a war to win. Look in their eyes and tell them that I will always fight for you. I will stand guard at the gate. And I will not give up on you. I will stop each shot they take. I will always fight for you. If it's not us, who's right, it going to be? give it up for Five Times August. It's not us. Who's it going to be? We need to fight for each other. We need to remember that we are the body of Christ. When one member hurts, we all hurt. And if we don't hurt, then we're not really a member of the body of Christ. God bless you. And may God give you courage. 
This is the Todd Hermer Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind. And yeah, put on the armor of light. 